Hi, all our buddies, and welcome back to the Gerald Field Report. This episode brought to you by Sherman's Wholesome Newsstand. Ask about our famously lax loitering policy. I, for myself, am old CW, the guy who has never had a helmet handed to him that met his oddly shaped melon dome. Uh, who is it joining me here for this episode? Uh, I'm Anthony. I. It's Tony! I am the guy who just realized that Casey burned through, like, half of my notes in the introduction. <laughs> yeah, what up? Come out swinging. Uh, speaking of swinging, we are going over episode 11 of season 1 by the Hulu Reckoning uh, bench warmer no. slash cool jerk. Yeah. Did I watch the wrong episode? No, you did write the... Sorry, uh, I misheard you. It is episode oh. 11. Uh, we've skipped episode 10. In Hulu, because uh, as you guys remember, Hulu does not follow the actual production Correct. order of the episodes. Um, so if you're uh, trying to follow like along ignores... with Hulu, you've realized, hey, you guys have skipped the Christmas special, one of the best episodes in the entire series. Uh, that's we for did good not. reason, uh, because uh, we are now going through the production Preparing order, ourselves. and uh, we will get to that eventually, but I think it's going to be later on in the season. We're hoping... Cross our fingers that we can get this episode out to you before Christmas happens. Uh, cause yeah, we want it to be, be seasonally really, appropriate. Yeah, it'd be really That'd sucky be great. to listen to that in February. Also, uh, to be honest, it's going to emotionally destroy us, and we need time to prepare. So, yep. <laughs> so we watched uh, season one, episode eleven, Benchwarmer, Cool Jerk. Uh, if you have not watched it recently, go ahead and take a quick peep. We'll give you a second. <laughs> And then I get to win a Jelly Belly factory. <laughs> An entire factory. Thony, I I just, I don't know if you really understand the tax consequences that that's going to carry with it. Who cares? I'm going to be literally like Scrooge McDuck with Thony. gold coins, except they're going to be Jelly Belly jelly beans. You can't. If you try to go off a high dive into a swimming pool full of jelly bellies, you're going to break your neck. The no, density, no, Thony. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. I've seen Scrooge McDuck jump into his money pit tons of times. He just swims around. They're fluid like water. There <laughs> <laughs> is fluid. There is liquid acid. Ultimately, my goal is to, to create enough jelly belly jelly beans to resurrect Ronald Reagan so I can point sure. to him and she see show him how much he's fucked up this country before I assassinate him. To tempt the gipper from the grave. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> God. Right. I don't like jelly beans. Anyway, so first episode. Uh, uh, let me do this one because you are not yeah. a sports person. <laughs> I'm not. Yeah. Uh, okay, so episode one. Uh, what was the name of it? I actually forgot to benchwarmer, right? <laughs> not a good start, but keep yeah, going. It uh, was benched. Uh, benchwarmer and cool jerk. So episode uh, part B, part A. Oh, hey, warm and cool. Another uh, another dichotomy episode. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah. But it's not. Craig Bartlett, you rascal. It is, though. It is. And we'll talk about how. Uh, okay, so uh, part A, uh, Benchwarmer. Arnold joins a youth basketball team. Um, we yep. are introduced to Coach Whitmer, Wittenberg. Sorry, Coach Wittenberg, the uh, a semi-recurring character uh, for the rest of the series. Uh, much to really? everybody's surprise. Yeah, there's uh, a couple episodes that he's in. Uh, 
Arnold joins a youth basketball team. Uh, the coach has a son who is good at basketball. Let's not deny it. Uh, but, uh, because it's his son and because he feels like his son is the best, uh, he forces all of the kids in the basketball team to only pass to the, uh, to his son. His son is the only person who's allowed to make shot. Uh, Arnold makes a shot because, uh, Tucker is blocked. He gets put on the bench. Uh, Tucker can't make free throws to save his life, much like Shaquille O'Neal. And, uh, Arnold does some, uh, mystic bullshit and teaches Tucker how to, uh, unnecessarily hostile. Uh, teaches Tucker how to, uh, from a white blonde kid. Uh, teaches only one of those things applies to me anymore dude <laughs> uh teaches tucker how to uh, how to shoot tucker learns how to shoot uh does not give arnold the credit he needs uh nope. tucker realizes he's been a bad person uh which i like we'll talk about that tucker tucker's, tucker's we'll get there. place in this episode uh he decides to give arnold like he decides to convince his dad to give arnold a chance arnold saves the day and Coach Wittenberg realizes that being a total tool is not something that he should be doing. Correct. All right. So let's talk about the best thing about this episode, which is uh, a little man close to my heart, Mr. James Belushi, who had to record his lines in hiding from law enforcement after his inflammatory comments regarding the capture of Sergeant William Schumann by Albanian nationals. Wait, what? Mm -hmm. It's true. Jim Belushi had to... Yep. In the early 90s, there was a U.S. Army sergeant who was captured in Albania, and it ignited an entire... Tony, this is a wag the dog joke. (laughs) I've never seen wag the dog. Okay, never mind. Is Go Jim watch Belushi. Wag the Dog. We'll Jim give you Belushi. a second. Is Jim Belushi Is Jim Belushi in Wag the Dog? Uh only very briefly. The upshot is that there's a sex scandal in the White House and they need Robert De Niro and Dustin Hoffman to create a false war to distract people. And so they choose Albania for some reason. And so they get Jim Belushi, who is genuinely Albanian. To, to like, be like, let me say this to my countrymen. And just, it's, it's ridiculous. That's what that joke was. I it wasn't. I don't like, like, I don't get the hate that Jim Belushi gets, uh, from a lot Thank of you. people. I get that he's not his brother John. Like, he's not, he's trying, not trying to, to be. be John Belushi. Like, he's not. Um, but I think he's been constantly overshadowed. I don't think a lot of what he's done is actually good, but I don't think no, no, he's, no. he's, uh, like, like how community describes him. And I think community is, uh, is like the biggest, uh, perpetrator of John Belushi, Jim bashing. Belushi bashing, uh, around. Uh, but let's, I want to talk about his character in Twin Peaks, uh, the return, because yes. he was genuinely one of the best, the best people part. of yeah. that series. Like, like 100%. it was like just having him on screen was such a delight. Uh, and yeah, so I, I really love Jim Belushi. I really love him in this. Jim Belushi, if you hear this, re- reach out. We want to talk to you about stuff. Yeah. And first of all, I want to say that like the percentage of successful screen actors who can also be successful voice actors is relatively small, yeah. right? 
Like, you can hear it when, like, a celebrity or an actor who's not used to doing voice work thinks, oh, I can do this, it's just like what I regular do, and it is not, my friends. But Jim Belushi can do himself some fucking voice work. He yeah. did a good job. And I really want to talk about the characterization of Coach Wittenberg in this show, because he is... A Go on, very Tony. interesting character, something that uh, I don't think I've ever seen in another TV show. He talks like a 10th grader writes a research paper. <laughs> Correct. And it is it is like like it's not something you notice in first first watch through. You see him using a <laughs> lot of. I mean, maybe, maybe like when you were nine and you watched it, you're like, you know, he's using a yeah, lot right. of big words that I just don't understand. Uh, he, he, so, so for those of you who are not in the know, when I mean he talks like a 10th grader writes a research paper, 10th graders mean malaprops. Uh, yeah, exactly. They use a lot of malaprops and they stretch out. They use big words as opposed to small words in order to make themselves sound smarter. Uh, and, uh, he is definitely like the worst person I've ever heard when it comes to, uh, malapropisms. Um, I wrote, it's true. It's, I wrote down one thing. I don't know if you've taken more detailed notes about the kind of things he was saying. I, can't uh, I only have one. You go ahead. Maybe uh, it's the same uh, one. Probably it is at the very end of the episode, uh, when he's giving the big speech about how he's a changed person. He says, Arnold, you have restowed, restowed upon me yep. a volatile lesson in teamwork. From now on, yep. the suppository of the team's yep. strategy will proceed as thusly. <laughs> as thusly. It's very good. And it's one of those things that like, you can only break the rules that thoroughly when you know them really well. So yeah. the writers had to have a ton of fun with that. And Jim Belushi, the, the delivery is what makes it, yes. right? Because yes. you could just have any jackass stumbling through those lines, and it would be, aha, he's an idiot who doesn't know what those words mean. But the confidence, the fire. Yeah, like he doesn't mispronounce any of the words. He's saying these words, no. like these are the words I'm supposed to be saying. Uh, it's it's fascinating because like like they're definitely playing with this – this is a man who wants to act and think he's thinks he's smarter than he actually is. Uh, and mm -hmm. in a lot of other TV shows, when they would do this, what you would see is is someone who's kind of looks like a buffoon, kind of someone who acts like a buffoon who's using these big words. But like like you said, Casey, he says it with such confidence that that yeah. if you're not paying attention to the it. fact that he's using a bunch of of really weird and not appropriate words, uh. You would think that he's just trying to make himself sound smart rather than uh, trying to make himself sound smart and using all of the wrong words to do it. I was impressed. But yeah, his his speech patterns are a thing of unique beauty. I have two quotes from him here. I have, Arnold, you fragrantly didn't listen to me, which is fantastic. Okay. And my personal favorite line of the episode, he's talking about how great Tucker is at, at free throws and whatever. And he says, would have been MVP last year if it wasn't for the voting. Uh, which is a line that would be really easy to miss if you weren't paying attention or That's if you amazing. hadn't just lived through possibly the most fraught election in United States history. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully when you guys hear this, like, things will be better in our country. Here's open. That was a wild week. Although, you must admit, 
It is pretty on brand for 2020 to make the most stressful, terrible day of the year and say, nah, this is actually going to take several weeks instead to fully settle out. We all knew it was going to take several weeks. What I'm surprised is how Nevada all of a sudden was like, oh, what the hell? I'm in the spotlight. You guys have to look at me. I'm going to take my time. Um, (laughs) I, I'm. Like I, I, I'm on TikTok now. I've been watching a lot of those things, and uh, yeah, you're sending me a lot of a lot of videos of Kyle McLaughlin skateboarding. Let, let which me tell. Okay, so do you know? Do you know the Kyle? Like, do you know where that meme comes from? Have you seen that? Well, meme yeah, yet? The, the gentleman, the gentleman sipping on his uh, on his uh, ocean spray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's been it's been huge. You know, he comes out here all the time, uh, to to Lancaster. Because uh, uh, oh, he loves a Mexican restaurant out here. What the fuck? So, I've, so there's a lot of TikToks there of for him. twenty years. There's a lot of Kyle TikToks. McLaughlin. There's not Kyle, not Kyle McLaughlin, the the dog face guy. Uh, dog oh, face the guy from the original thing. Yeah, oh, yeah, no, okay. Kyle McLaughlin. Well, no. I mean, come on. It is not beyond imagining that Kyle McLaughlin would go to a little piece of shit town he'd been to once because he just liked a restaurant there, right? Yeah, that's that's not like the entirety of a series or anything. Exactly, I could totally see him doing uh, that. Uh, no, but like, like, so it's been really fun to see Kyle McLaughlin on TikTok. Like, I'm seeing a lot of celebrities that I just really genuinely enjoy on it, and it's not like I loved Vine. Vine was one of my favorite apps of all time. Uh, you're not going to get the same experience that you get from Vine as you do on TikTok, but it's really cool to see like these actors and stuff that i really love doing stuff for like five seconds or six seconds and yeah stuff like that. um but that yeah fun during that weekend while we were waiting for nevada to count votes uh there was a lot of a lot of tiktoks uh, of people just making fun of how uh how nevada is is counting their votes where they're like right one exactly two Nevada rolls in with iced coffee at 10.30 in the morning. Oh, yeah, I think I can count a vote today. Yeah. 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 Uh, Sorry, everyone. The traffic was crazy. So, but uh, good on you guys, Arizona, for doing the right thing for once. Yo. Well, okay. Like, like the Republican Party has not done well by Arizona, and Arizona has historically done pretty well by them. Uh, Maricopa County was, for a time, one of, I think, like, the top five hardest-hit counties in the United States, yeah. uh, re-COVID, and then we saw that the government had no intention of helping in any meaningful way. The Navajo Reservation, in in particular, was one of the most devastated populations in the country yeah. because there's very limited access to clean water and electricity, and they said, fuck this noise. We're voting for a slightly less terrible, also handsy old man. <laughs> and then, like, like John McCain is like loved by most people in Arizona. Like, uh, and the fact that Trump spent a majority of John McCain's final years just shit talking yeah. him uh, did yeah. not help people with their liking of him. Right. Well, anyway. and and let's be clear, you can you can disagree with John McCain's political decisions and the fact that he was a fucking war criminal and also think it's not cool to talk shit on a dead POW at the same time, right? Like yeah. those are those are things that can coexist. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, enough uh enough solidly dating the episode.
So, did you ever do sports? Yep, Tony. Yep, I did sports. Tell me, because uh, this do? is literally what I was going to talk about next. Hit it. Uh, so I did. I did. Uh, not a whole lot. I was on the track team. Uh, in high sure. school, I was a pole vaulter. Uh, before I gained 180 pounds and been there. Uh, giant fat person. Uh, but I also did. I did youth sports twice. I did t-ball uh when i was six and i did i did t-ball uh, too flag football when i was uh eight and let me tell you guys uh this episode like feels a little surreal when you're watching it like like mm. you think there's no way a coach would do that like this is a sports no. game kids are learning they're in a position of trust their kids are learning like like how to be teammates there's no way they have that, a responsibility. that a parent's coach would prioritize their own child on the would team would ever abuse their position literally that happens every time i have oh, yeah. ever been and my sister has ever been on a sports team uh Sad. so so when, uh, not T-ball because T-ball, everybody pitches, everybody hits, right. like there are no scores, nothing like that. You're learning how to, to be a teammate rather than like other things. Uh, but flag football, uh, I had a really good coach. I really enjoyed my coach. It wasn't as bad as coach Whitmore where the only person who's allowed to touch the ball, the only person who's allowed to, to use the ball is the, the coach's son, but our, Coach's son was our receiver. He is the person that 90% of our games uh, would have made that touchdown, would have ran with the ball. Uh, my sister. So, but but did did that strategy work? Like, was he yes, good? At, yes, was, he was, was he Tucker good. good. He was Tucker good. And I think that's the thing that always happens. Of course, if your parent is is a coach of a sports team, it sounds to reason that you yourself are probably good at that sport if you're playing that sport as well. Um, my sister was, uh, did uh, AYSO soccer, um, and her coach's daughter was, uh, the goalie for their mm. game. And so here's the thing. They're both, they're always really good, but always, the final episode, I mean, not the final episode, the final game of the season, the one that's on the line, uh, they have a meltdown. <laughs> they don't want to do it anymore. Oh, God. They can't do it anymore. Whatever. Like, I remember that happening. We, uh, When I was in flag football, we were undefeated. We had won every single game that we played until our finale when the stupid wide receiver kid, the coach's son, had a meltdown, didn't want to play anymore, and all of a sudden, we don't know what to do because the coach's son, who the coach prioritized throughout the, the game, uh, decided he didn't want to play anymore because that's God. what happens when you put pressure on a kid, which was what happens to Tucker in this episode. Uh, same thing. Nice. The goalie... In the soccer game for my sister's soccer team, there weren't any other goalies, uh, had a meltdown and didn't want to play. And they had to put someone who's not trained to be a goalie in the goalie mm -hmm. position. Which is not quite what happens with Tucker. Tucker doesn't have a meltdown, but he definitely chokes. Uh, because in the, in the first chunk of the episode, we, we're given to hate Tucker because he is a simpering, gormless little piece of shit. And we hate the nepotism that's being used to his advantage, but, like, 
we also see after he goozles some free throws that like his end of it is not fantastic. Like he's getting verbally abused by his father in front of everyone. And admittedly, it's the same way his father talks to everyone else, but it's not okay that he talks to any child like that. Right. So there is a little bit of sympathy built up for Tucker uh, that I don't think that goalie or that wide receiver would necessarily have, have garnered or earned. I know. I like, like I, I I don't know why. Like I definitely feel like the reason they had meltdowns are completely different for the reasons that Tucker started choking. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's 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 like like when when I watch this, especially because I watched it now as an adult, reflecting back on my times, like it's way more common. And I, I bet you it's it's something that even the writers probably experienced uh, with their own kids as they were. Um, doing yeah. youth sports. This episode did have the ring of truth, and it's easy not to see that when your focus is Arnold, but like when you step back and look at the whole situation and see a coach paying special attention to his kid to the detriment of the entire team, like yeah, that's that's a relatable thing even for a grown-up. But so Tucker fucks the toaster on some free throws, gets yelled at in front of everybody. And then later he sees uh, Arnold doing some free throw Zen archery. And Arnold agrees to teach him uh, the way of the football head. So you had a problem with this. It's 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 uh... so one thing I want to point out is is Arnold switches between being good at sports and bad at sports. And maybe it's just he's bad at baseball. But, uh, there's another episode later on in the series. He, he's like this, this prodigy when it comes to trick plays in sports mm-hmm. games. Uh, but he's got no fundamentals. He, he, he has this, like, at the end of this episode, he does this weird basketball, like, definitely a lot more steps than actually necessary to do what he needed to do in this basketball game. It? Uh, but they win the game and all that stuff. I don't, I don't have a problem with it. I just, I, I'm not a huge fan of oriental mysticism being used Mm -hmm. as a, I don't know how to to put it. As a gimmick. No, I I get what you're saying, but riddle me this. I mean, they, they didn't actually, I referred to it as Zen archery because it's got a lot of the same fundamental ideas that like just like the arrow wants to go to the target the ball wants to go to the hoop it's it's a similar thing you're releasing you're not making it doing it you're letting it but like they didn't name any of that i don't think uh they they might have had like uh like pan flute or like eastern flute music they did, or something but they they weren't they weren't like overtly oriented and i really I want to, and that's i really want to point out when i say oriental mysticism i I'm not referring to Asia as the Orient. I'm referring to this problematic um, trope uh, where Asian Orientalism is 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 the correct right. term, where um, Asia is seen as this far off mystical kind of place, and those things are kind of translated into. I don't know. I just feel like there are a lot of other ways they could have done it. Maybe if it was just mm-hmm. without the pan flute and without that kind of mystic mystic sound while they're learning and teaching stuff that uh, it would have sat better with me Uh, i just feel like and granted this was the early 90s like we hopefully most people are are more tolerant and better understanding people than we were back then 
Um, right. Um, well, and even then, like you, you don't have to embrace Eastern mysticism or Eastern uh, religion or any of that to like look at, for example, Zen practice and say, there's some good shit in there, I should learn to incorporate some of that in my life. And unlike a lot of Western religion, a lot of Eastern religion is like, oh, cool, yeah, you want to take that? By all means, go for it. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah. You can just, whatever. Buddha don't care if you love Jesus too, dude. Like, Jesus cares about Buddha. Yeah, well, it depends on which Jesus. That's a different conversation. Anyway, so uh Tucker is put back in with his new powers, and then, then Coach, Coach uh, that guy, says another thing I love. He said, whether we win or lose... I want you to go out there and win. And uh, later on says, okay, we're down, but we're not up. And again, the confidence is is really what carries it. But uh, Tucker just massacres some free throws. He just sinks them from, from the, half, the half pan, as I think is the term in basketball, and takes all the credit for himself. And uh, then at the very last second gives Arnold a chance to actually play and then the thing is when everyone touches the ball then we pass it to tucker who now will pass it to the rest of you and i just i noticed while watching this that this was at the ymma not the ymca mm, probably because the c in ymca is christian and correct young men's municipal association probably I suppose. something like that yeah i just thought that was interesting i actually noticed that as a kid and wondered like how important a distinction that was because like they don't they don't, if you go to the YMCA, they don't make you, like, recite the Lord's Prayer or anything, right? Like, you can just go there. I don't know, I've never been to the YMCA. I was not a YMCA yeah. kid. Like, that's Me the nice thing about Palmdale either. is, is like, for a lot of other cities, the youth sports leagues come from the YMCA. Uh, city uh-huh. of Palmdale had a, a, I don't know if they still do, had a very, very rich, um, what's the word? Why can't I think of the word? Recreation, uh, that's the Sourdough word. starter. Uh, oh. Recreation. They had a huge recreation, uh, recreational, like, thing, like, lots of things to do. Like a rec center? Yeah, but not just a rec center, like, like, parks and recreation, rec and rec like, center. like, they're in charge of putting on events and doing sports and doing classes and doing, oh, I see. like, free community event kind of things. And Palmdale, uh, Palmdale was really good at that. I don't know if they still do, but I'm not a child and I don't have children, so I have no idea how child sports are anymore. What's that? Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it was, it was, it was always pretty fun to do that. Um, well, for my part, this episode made no sense to me. And it did not connect to me in any meaningful way because the only sport I ever did was t-ball and I hated it. And I liked to play basketball in the third grade until my mother got me my very own ball and I was super excited and I took it to school and I was like, bounce, bounce, come on guys, let's play my new ball. Bounce, bounce here before school starts. Bounce, everybody excited. And then I noticed that she had written on it in giant Sharpie, mommy loves you. And then I threw it into the sun and never played again. That sucks. A mother's love forces a child to never, ever want to play sports again. Well, see, here's the thing. If I had tried to play basketball even two or three years later, the asthma would have kicked in. And I was like, nah, fuck running. I mean, <laughs> I mean I'm mean, i asthmatic. I'm asthmatic, but, like, that never stopped me from playing sports. Like, I Really? Oh, dude. No, I angled that shit as much as possible. I got special dispensation in gym class just to walk, laugh, yeah, and Yeah, that's read. another thing I don't, like, I mean, I guess, like, it, it's, 
it, it's different people like different views of stuff like like jackie yeah. was also someone who never ever ever did anything like found, found excuses to not participate in gym i've always been like i mean i'm not an active person anymore uh but that's right. not from lack of trying uh like i've always i was always an active kid i was always running around my backyard and 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 doing stuff like that so sports were just kind of a natural progression for me uh I liked the team aspect of it. I don't enjoy watching most sports, but that's a game. Like it's like playing a board game. Like like there are mm-hmm. rules, there are strategies, and it, it gets super fun. I was on the track team. I had asthma. And I was on the fucking track team. Um, Slow clap. Yeah, like it's it's. It is what it is. But like, yeah, like he's got the heart of a champion. I, I like, I loved PE. I always loved PE. I think one of the reasons why I've gained so much weight is because post tenth grade, PE stopped being mandatory, and I didn't have someone to tell me, Anthony, you need to exercise, go so I would get distract, distracted and not do anything. But. Yeah. Just go home and watch recess instead. It gives it the same. Yeah, effect. like I would have played football in high school had it not been for my bad knees. Like sure. I, I was never good at basketball. I never tried basketball, but I like I really enjoyed playing volleyball and stuff like that. So this this episode like uh really spoke to me as a a former athlete and a former uh child athlete at that. Um right on. Well, any any other final thoughts about this? episode uh i don't know i don't know that i believe the ball has nine thousand three hundred and sixty six little dots that's a very specific number and i really hate the way that ball looks like in that one specific frame of the one hyper detailed shot (laughs) yeah where you get to see all the dots because that's not how a basketball looks uh no uh okay uh grandpa tells a story to arnold's uh, when Arnold is thinking about quitting the team, about how Grandpa joined the circus. And here's the thing I love about Grandpa, and I think it's something that I don't, we would, we haven't addressed before. His stories are true. Like, like in yes. most of these, in most, like this is definitely a trope, like the Grandpa telling all of these bizarre and crazy ass stories that happened to him. And, 99% of the time, the stories that Grandpa is telling Arnold about his past life is absolutely true. Uh, so much so that there's an episode, uh, I think season three, uh, a Veterans Day episode where all mm-hmm. three, I think, you know, I think it's just Gerald and Arnold. Uh, talk about their experiences in their respective wars. And Grandpa says he single-handedly won the Battle of the Bulge uh, and then finds a statue that they erected for him that says, that says, this is to, uh, this plaque uh, memorializes, whatever, uh, uh, Phil, whatever the last name was, uh, who single-handedly won the Battle of the Bulge. That's fantastic, and it's much funnier than, like, because, like, the the story escalation Beverly Goldberg bullshit is also a lot of fun. Yeah. Like, when she's trying to prove a point, and she hears, and she hears about, oh, no, Betsy Gluman's young nephew tried that MSG, now he's just a head that sits on a tray and watches game shows yeah. all day. Like, that bullshit's fun, too, but it's much more fun when it turns out to be true. Yeah. So, Phil, he did, he, uh, he was 13 years old, and he dreamed of trapezing. Mm-hmm. And he ended up scooping elephant shit. Sure. And that's, that's all a metaphor for something. Surely. 
But, but, those were the cleanest elephant cages this side of the Bengal Bay. Yeah. There's something to be said for that. Uh, yep, I think that's it. I don't have anything else. I think so, too. Was Tucker adopted? <laughs> Hard to say. It's he doesn't have a similar body type, but that doesn't necessarily. His skin mean is darker. His world. skin is darker than his dad, and his mom is blonde hair and blue eyed. So, do we? When do we meet his mom? Uh, I think it's not the next Coach Whitmer episode, but the episode after. No, no, I think she is because I think the next one would be synchronized swimming. Okay. Uh, there's there's four there's four there's basketball synchronized swimming bowling and then Coach Whitmer's uh, wedding. Uh, <laughs> uh so very she, good she becomes but she's like 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 i i definitely feel like tucker was drawn and granted this is probably early season on uh tucker doesn't show up for the remainder of the series until the jungle movie uh which, oh wow uh is he really he's the one they bring back huh well, well like basically in the jungle movie because that movie was created 15 years or 20 years after the series ended uh a right. lot of what they did were fan service things and stuff that people were complaining about that were never oh, addressed uh pigeon man is in that episode uh yes because everybody thought pigeon man died <laughs> because he just <laughs> flew off into the sunset exactly uh, we haven't gotten to that it's episode how we wanted yet. to go did we get to that episode already no, we have not gotten to the Pigeon Man episode yet. Okay. Uh, anyways, so. So you're telling me the people were clamoring for more Tucker? <laughs> they were like, give no, us more Tucker. But it's one of those, like, like, what the fuck happened to Tucker? Like, like, there's a lot of stuff between, uh, uh, Coach Wittenberg and his wife. In fact, Coach Wittenberg asks Arnold to be his best man rather than his <laughs> own son. And his own son isn't even in their wedding. <laughs> So what Woof. the fuck happens to to Coach Wittenberg's son? Uh, it's also possible okay. that that Tucker is uh, a child from Coach Wittenberg's first marriage, uh, right. and then he or out of wedlock else. entirely. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. Well, and and that's that's the um, that's the Watsonian explanation. That's the in world explanation. The Doylean explanation is probably that they just didn't think about it and then by the time they drew his mom they were like fuck we already showed that kid has a darker skin tone yeah. don't worry about it move on yeah uh i think that was the last thing the last last thing i wanted to talk about all right this episode well let's break into season one episode 11 part two cool jerk they're playing nuclear ball Tony. Uh... it's a game that seems designed to trade on the innate cruelty that flows through the veins of every fourth grader. Do you want to? Do you want to? Arena. Do you want to give? Sorry, I didn't. I didn't mean to. But do you want to give okay. like a, a? Yeah, I was a just going to give a Colonel Kurtz style monologue on the inherent inhumanity of man. Yeah. So, uh, Arnold meets a cool guy called Frankie G. Everybody thinks Frankie G is the coolest cat. Frankie G thinks Arnold is the coolest cat. Through the transitive property of coolness, I am also a cool cat for thinking these cats are cool cats. 
Gerald thinks that Frankie G's a bad influence, though, and Arnold thinks maybe he's just jealous. Later, it turns out that Frankie G is definitely up to no good and is hoping to use Arnold as an accessory in the accomplishment of said no good Nickism. And in the end, the day is saved with an old thing that Gerald found in his grandpa's attic. Perfect. Uh, do you want to go over your monologue for Nuclear Ball now? They're playing Nuclear Ball, Tony. Uh-huh. They line up like prisoners, knowing that they're never walking away. They aren't blindfolded. They aren't given cigarettes. They aren't given a chance to make a last statement. All they can do is stare and wonder which one of them will be next. Which one of them is going to be staring down the barrel of Harold's nuclear arm. I, I need to I need to pause you and and correct you for a second. They are not playing nuclear okay. ball. They are playing nuclear ball. Fuck. <laughs> Can you give me like six to eight weeks to rework this monologue? Because yep. I'm yep. I put a lot. Yep. There's a lot of structure. Literally, li- literally the first thing that I wrote is Harold says nuclear like George W. Bush says it. <laughs> yep. But in the folly of uh, all cruel and petty tyrants. Uh, Harold's infliction of pain is reversed on him. Uh, the ball bounces back, hurts his nosy, and he decides to take it out on Arnold. I, like I love Harold is probably one of my favorite characters in this entire. Harold's a show. really good character um, because, like, like he is kind of the complete opposite of the bully trope. Like a lot of times yeah. when you see the bully, you think that they're that they're you know rough homes and not a good life, and and they're acting out because there were reasons for this. Um, and but in reality, like Harold has some of the most loving parents in the entire show. Like, yep. and that's that's someone like Helga. Like Helga is is the prime example of the bully lashing out because uh they have a broken, incredibly broken home. home home life. Harold is a bully because I don't know why Harold's a bully because that's what <laughs> Harold has decided he wants to be. Um, but what I love are Not these always. are these moments where he gets hurt or something happens to him and he reverts to his spoiled mama's boy Jewish boy. Uh, I want my mommy. Um because he can't handle the pain. It's he can't do it. I, I love Harold so much. Harold is is also uh one of the most well-rounded characters. That was not a fat joke, but if the listener wants it to be, they could imagine it to be. Um because like he's not a bad person, but he's sometimes an asshole for like whatever reasons. And one of the things that I have had to like really work into my coding as a as a grown human being is that like when you're a kid, People aren't allowed to be mean to each other, right? Everybody has to be nice to each other. And when you grow up, you realize, like, this is America. Like, people are just allowed to be jackasses if they want. Like, it, no, people don't have to be nice to you. They don't have to like you. It's okay. They can be rude to you and just, like, there's nothing you can do about it because it's not, it's fine, whatever. And I think Harold is a really good example of that, that he's, he's not always a bad guy. Uh, he's not always a bully, but sometimes he's just a son of a bitch and you're going to get a nuclear, a nuclear, a nuclear ball to the face yeah. because of it. So Frankie G shows up on his sweet bike, he saves Arnold at the last second, and he threatens Harold, and then offers Arnold a ride with his football-shaped helmet. Now, Tony, as a child, I thought it odd and inconspicuous that Frankie G just happened to have a helmet perfectly suited to the unusual shape of Arnold's head. But knowing what we now know about Frankie G, and his designs on that noggin, hint, it's crimes, it makes perfect sense 
It, well, yeah. not perfect. It makes more sense. <laughs> yeah, that's actually what I wrote is, uh, I wrote the same thing I said. He definitely has been scoping Arnold out for a while. That is a very, Ew. very specific shape. Tell me, we can talk about this though. Like the, the guy is definitely at the very, very least in his late, late teens, like 18 yeah. or 19 or his early twenties. Right. Okay. But the fact that every kid every child in this playground knows who this guy is and knows that he is the coolest guy around that's creepy it's creepy like nine-year-olds maybe high schoolers maybe nine-year-olds would would pay attention to to some high schoolers and talk about how cool these high schoolers are but right to a nine-year-old a 20-year-old or a 20-something year old is a grown-up it is an adult it is they are lumped together with their parents and the mailman and the butcher and all of those things they are in that same category so the fact that that frankie g loves like like knows kids know hanging out Frank, with kids frankie g is kids like that's kids are like oh that's frankie g he's the coolest guy around and it, it, it means that he's not he's up to no good yeah yeah he's not on the level and like it would be one thing this would actually be really easy to fix with like one line of dialogue because i'm reminded of an episode of recess where uh, some guy came to be a substitute teacher, and it was it was very clear that he was like the iteration of the TJ archetype from his time at that school. That he had gone to that school, and that he had memories of this teacher and that teacher and uh, Mrs. Uh, oh, what's the sharp name? The sharp tooth teacher. The mean uh, that, that Randall was always. I can't think of it. Fuck. I can't man. even. Anyway. Uh, no, whatever. It's fine. Uh, but like, he had memories and he, there was institutional memory of him in this place. So he wasn't just a stranger. And later he turned out to be a piece of shit. But like, if it had been, if the whole thing had been that Frankie G had gone to this school and everybody there knew him and he was, you know, a, a, a character of myth and legend in this school's mythology, that Miss would be one Finster. thing. Miss Finster, thank you. But yeah, you're absolutely right. The fact that he is just known to these kids is extremely creepy. And it gets worse because, like, like we talked about in the Stoop Kid episode, when you're a kid, you look at Stoop Kid and you think that guy's fucking, that guy's got the life. He's sleeping outside in the fresh air, doesn't have to go to school, nobody bossing him around, when in reality, Stoop Kid is an impoverished and homeless youth. Frankie G is the same thing. Frankie G is clearly an impoverished youth. His, his clothes aren't like, cool worn down they're just worn down and shitty he lives go I out go on disagree like like he has a very very nice motorcycle i'm not talking right. about a i'm not talking about a beat up rattler that that some poor kid may be able to to did you look that up what? did you look up motorcycle slang no <laughs> oh I just thought you might have wanted something like well, Rattler. Okay, just to... a, a, a fucking a fucking car is a clunker, right? Okay, sure. So, like a, a beat up old car is a crunk a, a clunker, right? It's a crunkler. Uh, motorcycle. Uh, fuck you. Uh, <laughs> a beat up old car is called a clunker. So, okay, a motorcycle is smaller, tinier sure. shaped. You're I'm not, not arguing going to get logic. a you're not going to get a clunking sound from an old okay. car. You're going to get a rattling sound rather than a 
So they're rattlers. Like, I, I don't okay. know. Like, these are things that I didn't look up. Sure. These are things. Uh, you know terms. Got uh, it. Yeah. I guess. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't expect. Okay. So I you... didn't expect that to, to <laughs> be <either>. an issue. <laughs> I just said a thing. Okay. He's like, oh, Anthony, that sounds suspect. Did you look that up? That seems like need outside you to defend of your this vocabulary, point, Anthony. <laughs> okay. You've been breaking out those ruffian flashcards. Okay. So, uh, so, like, he, he, he's got a nice, he's got a nice, uh, ride. Thank hog. you. Motorcycle. Um, Ride he hog. is able to afford his own apartment, even though he is late on the rent. We don't know how late on the rent he is. Um, and ultimately, yes, he stole most of his stereo equipment. Uh, mm-hmm. Or we are led to believe that he stole most of his stereo equipment. Oh, he definitely stole that shit. But uh, knowing all of this, like the reason his clothes look the way they do is not because he cannot afford them or cannot get access to them, but rather it is a stylistic choice that he made. They're greaser status symbols, you think? Yeah. Okay. All right. I mean, the whole, well, like, the hole in the white shirt, definitely. I, I, I looked at it for a second. I'm like, is, is this like a stoop kid situation? But then like, and that's like, bef- I like, it's been a while since I saw this episode, so I didn't remember if this was a high school kid that had a motorcycle or an actual right. adult. Like, I don't remember Young adult. him having well, his own even apartment then, it's and not, stuff like that. Not made explicitly clear either way. But, uh, everybody's bugging Arnold for the Deets re Frankie G. And Arnold's just like, nah, it's cool. He's just, he just wants to be my pal. That's all. He thinks me, a nine year old kid, am the coolest. And, like, to, to, I mean, Arnold is the coolest, though. Like, of all of those little pieces of shit, isn't Arnold the one you would want to be pals with? Nah, I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm not going to, the 30, 31 year old man, I'm not going to comment on whether or not I would want to be friends with someone who is nine. <laughs> I was just gonna say, he's got inventions. He can do whatever. I'm not saying I'm gonna take him anywhere on a motorcycle. Anyway, Gerald doesn't buy it. Uh, Arnold thinks he's jealous just because there's someone cooler than him around for a change, which, as we know, is impossible. That's a completely unfounded accusation, but still. So, uh, Frankie G inoculates, indoctrinates, uh, Arnold into his greaser lifestyle, skipping school, drinking Yahoo sodas, wearing leather jackets. They go to see the wild one, which is a reference that I am shocked they are allowed to make. Was that... They, 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 well, they must. Oh, is are they both owned by the same company or something? Um, <laughs> Sneeush presents the Wild One. No, I don't like it. Wouldn't be at yeah, it's Snart Marlin Brando. That's what I thought. Uh, yeah, I I like I. I, I, I doubt that they, they had like the rights to it or something like that, but it's also a movie that was made in the fifties. Like, it's true. It's not like, like a lot of the modern stuff that they do where they, um, where they make up their own, uh, titles and, and no variants. Rasta dog. Um, right. But, well, even then, I imagine that, like, showing an actual clip from the actual movie is a different thing than drawing an animated reference to that thing. Yeah. 
And I, anyway, the point is, Arnold gets introduced to uh, all of the homeboys in what might be my favorite joke in the episode. <laughs> he says, hey, Arnold, these are my boys. We got Joey C, Philly D, Tony B, and Chaz. <laughs> Hello, old boy. Delighted to meet you. Have you, ever, have you ever seen the movie uh, SLC Punk? I have not. Uh, it's a fantastic film. Like, it's definitely one of my hard recommends. And not one of my, this right. is a bad movie that you should watch because it's bad. This is a genuinely good movie that you should watch because it's genuinely good. Uh, but it's about okay. it's about punks in the 1980s who live in Salt Lake City, uh, which sure. is the Mormon capital of the world. And just them of trying course. to navigate through their anarchy punk lifestyle yeah. in a religiously oppressed um world uh city do they do they clash with any of the notable mormon gangs like the splatter day saints uh sort of uh but not Ooh. necessarily uh um so they talk about how um they're punks punks hate hicks most of the people who live in the city are hicks um right they also hate... Which is not traditionally how the hick city folk dynamic has worked, but I'll allow it in this case. Go on. Uh, but like, like, they're, they're generalized terms. Um, All right. they also hate Nazis, they punch Nazis, and, Fair. uh, um, but yeah, uh, and they hate mods, uh, and mods are like, <laughs> um, the 1980s Always listening to, to Quadrophenia. To hipsters. <laughs> uh, <laughs> always going around with a million mirrors on their Vespas. <laughs> Uh, so, they're crushed oh, velvet suits. A, that's Who do they a, think that's they are? a fucking Mighty Boosh reference, isn't it? <laughs> no, that was a Quadrophenia reference, uh, but it's you. very probable that the that the Mighty Boosh joke was also a Quadrophenia reference. Uh, well, the Mighty Boosh is about mods, like they're mods in the Mighty right. Boosh. Uh, so this is this is getting off there. Uh, it stars Matthew Illard, uh, pre Scooby Doo Matthew Lillard, uh, uh, and. Uh, one notable character in that film is played by, what is his name? The guy who played Marshall in How I Met Your Mother. Why can't I think of his name? Jason Siegel. Jason Siegel. So Jason Siegel is, Ta-ka! Jason Siegel is, uh, is in this film. And I'm actually like, I would not be surprised if Craig Bartlett actually took this scene in this, uh, this TV show from SLC Punk. So they introduced to this very, very timid, very, very nerdy looking guy. And, mm-hmm. and Matthew Lillard's describing him like, this is, uh, Jason Siegel's character. I don't remember his name. He may not look like mm-hmm. it, but he's, Jason he's the most hardcore punk I've ever seen. <laughs> and he's just talking <laughs> about like, like how, 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 like he wants to be a botanist. He's going to grow up to be a botanist. And like, like he just thinking about saving the plants makes him want to punch things. And he punches a guy or something like that. <laughs> or like he's, he's like, like, He's talking and someone says something he doesn't like and he looks at him and he does that. Um, it's not the same as, as the departed where Leonardo DiCaprio smashes a glass, but I think he takes a guy's head and he smashes it on a table. Uh, but it's just, it's like, it's like this, this juxtaposition. There's this timid guy who's in a group with a bunch of kind of skullduggery, no good nicks. And, um, you're, you're, you're left to wonder why is he there? But more than likely, it's because he's he's actually the most fucked up criminal out of the hardest of core of them all. Yeah. 
Those are actually his katana and wakizashi we see sitting on a stand there above the stereo. I didn't pay attention to that, but... I did! Oh, man! I don't know what world you're living in that you can see a scene that has a katana in a sword rack and you don't immediately focus on that. Because I feel like I was a weeb growing up, so, like, if I see a katana in a sword rack, I'm like, okay, sure, he got that from Chinatown. (laughs) Sure. He studied the blade. He's like yeah. Dwight Schrute, who also has katanas above his fireplace. Okay, well, I don't think we should hold Dwight Schrute against against any manner of well-meaning enthusiast. Okay, so the ultimate what's-it is that they need Arnold's uh, oddly-shaped head to break, break into Gene's hi-fi I, because they want to steal a tweeter. I have things to say about that window. Hit me. Okay. It's so thick! Yeah, Literally any Glassy, any thick. one of these people could have fit through that fucking window. <laughs> Correct, any one of them. They all had tiny ass heads, and if you look, yep. that is a. I mean, Arnold's head is weird shaped. It's also probably larger and wider than most other mm-hmm. people's faces. Like even the if you have to kind of horizontal. like jut your head and adjust it at an angle to fit your head through. Any single person, and there's this tiny head fucker that is part of uh, Frankie G's group that definitely could have fit through that window. Why they needed someone's head that fit exactly the the correct uh, diameter, circumference, whatever of this window is needed a patsy. bizarre to me. They needed somebody else to take the burgle wrap. But why Arnold? Why why Arnold specifically then? Why not pick Sid or pick any of these other people that you don't also have to pay an exorbitant amount of money to custom design a specially shaped <laughs> helmet for? To well, you have him. no idea, Tony. You have no idea how long this heist has been in the works. Okay, absolutely, Arnold. No, Arnold. Arnold is the is the fucking tweeter heist Quisatz Hatterack. Okay, he was bred for this job. Frankie G's parents and grandparents knew that one day along would come the football headed kid that their grandson would need to pull off this speaker component. So he can heist. get a tweeter, whatever a tweeter is. Yes, I don't know what a tweeter is, but uh, Arnold doesn't want to do it. His refusal is ignored, and he gets shoved through the window uh, and is left for dead. But it is not the cops; it's Gerald who has some kind of crank horn. Then he comes to his senses and they realize who is, you know, his real friend is, and they walk off into the distance. And never do we hear from Frankie G again, unless you remember a specific episode in which he returns. I don't. I think that was it. Fair enough. Tony, did you ever have a bad influence? No. I mean, I don't think so either. I mean, my sister, kind <laughs> of. <sighs> but... But that's that's accepted, right? It's it's understood that your your siblings are supposed to influence you at least a little bit. Yeah. Like my sister yeah. taught me how to swear. My sister Nice. When I was eighteen, my sister took me to her naval base and got me so trashed that I like was incoherent for like ninety percent of that night. Um pretty good. But like like other than that, I'm a good kid. I've always been a good kid. I've never done things that are necessarily Same. bad. One of the reasons though, and uh like I've talked to my mom. My mom has this like kind of skewed version of the kind of person I am. Uh she's like, You've always been such a trustworthy person, like you always like like instantly tell the truth and, and like if you do something bad and you get caught, you cop up to it. And I look to my mom and I'm like that's that's not intentional on my part because here's something about me that 
I don't think you know, I don't really talk to people outside of my family about this. Every time I have ever done something that could remotely get me in trouble in uh-huh. my life has been found out in the most crazy ass, like un unheard of ways, like like to the point where I realize that if I do something bad, I should just cop up to it because my parents are going to find out regardless of what happens. And I'm going to like get in more trouble if I tried to hide it. Like, have so you just saving time? Have you way. ever done anything that like, like, I'm sure your parents don't listen to this and I'm sure your parents don't care. Have you ever done anything that you've, you've never got caught about? Anything. Um, I mean, I didn't really like at the time. Yeah. I guess, uh, I guess some of my coworkers at Blockbuster got me, got me stoned for the first time and then dropped me off after my parents had already gone to bed. And I didn't feel like anything happened, and I was very disappointed because I was really looking forward to the munchies, and I was super sad about it. And then I went inside and ate an entire birthday cake. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, no, I never never really did anything as a kid. Like, the worst thing was always... something like that, okay? Like, hiding hiding a test I got an F on. Like, that that kind of thing, sure. Uh, Even that. Would get caught uh, for some random reason. And it's not like my parents were crying people. It's not like my parents tr- mistrusted me and were like searching for stuff and searching for ways to get me. Um, so like you're talking about the first time you got high. I'm going to use the example of my sister taking me to her naval base. Like, sure. um, my parents are just, my parents trusted my sister. My parents trusted me. They had no idea that something like that would have happened. Okay. My sister took pictures. She took videos of that, but this is a pre YouTube pre posting things on social media. So these were like right. just stuff that she could look on her computer at later on and just kind of remember fondly, um, which is a weird concept for me. Um, uh, especially living Memories. now in, in, in a society where everything that I record, I post on social media for other people to see. Like, mm-hmm. like, like taking digital pictures just so you can look at them on your computer is strange for me. Um, but it was something that people did. So anyways, uh, photo albums as well. My sister, my sister had them on a flash drive. Um, and like she came home for some reason left the flash drive in her room, buried under a mountain of stuff, uh, or something along those lines. I'm, I, I, I don't remember. Um, my mom found the flash drive, not because she was looking for something, but because she like saw it laying down on the ground and she's mm-hmm. like, Oh, it's a flash drive. I wonder whose this is. I wonder what it is. Plugged it into her computer to see whose flash drive this is. And. All these pictures of, of definitely underage drunk Anthony, um, enjoying his 18th birthday popped up. On a military base as well. On a military base. And it's just stuff like that. Like, like, my mom wasn't seeking out me getting in trouble. Right. My mom found a random flash drive somewhere in the house plugged it in because that's what people do when they find flash drives they need to figure out whose flash drive this is and plug it into their computers to see if there's any indicator of whose flash drive it was my parents were doing like ebay at the time so they had a lot of like sd cards and flash drives and stuff around they could transfer from computer to computer so it's not even past like 
the realm of possibility that my mom would see a flash drive and wonder, is this one of like, is there a picture I need on it or something? And so plugs it into her computer. Like my mom wasn't trying to do it. I was, was definitely going to hide it forever. And my mom, my mom found out. It's just stuff like that. Like, so I'm a very honest person because I realized that if I'm not honest out of fear, I'm going to, yeah. So I told my mom, like, if I knew like 100% that I could have gotten away with something from you guys, I absolutely would have done it. But it got to the <laughs> point where I, I wouldn't do anything. I wouldn't do that. Like, um, so yeah, uh, I like, like in terms of bad influences, are those really things? Like, is that really like something that exists? I mean, granted, we're just goody goody like nerd kids who we really are listeners i i know that to you we seem like the coolest cats in the world i know that we seem worldly and wise and probably like we have many leather-bound books and that our homes smell of rich mahogany and pipe tobacco um but we we really are just two really like naive uh, dudes who stayed home Friday nights playing Final Fantasy and reading Redwall books. And, uh, to, to that, to that point, like, if there are bad influences out there, they did not even know I existed, much less try to exert themselves upon me. So. Yeah, I wasn't no. playing Final Fantasy, I was watching TGIF. That boy meets uh, world, yo. Nerd. Step by step. Uh, Family matters. Little by little. Well. That's season one, episode 11. Do you have any final thoughts on Cool Jerk? Yeah, uh, the landlord for Frankie G's apartment is definitely Harold's real mom. Sure, I can see that. <laughs> that tracks. She thinks he's a nice boy. You gotta come over and make him dinner. Yeah, it's still as long Jewish. It makes sense. They look exactly the same. Um, uh, Arnold and Gerald get into an argument about Frankie G. Um, and uh, this is the second occurrence of um, Gerald's main man, Fuzzy Slippers. Fuzzy Slippers. Um, is Fuzzy Slippers Gerald's brother? No, Gerald's brother is Jamie O. Because because at one point, like he's talking about, like Gerald's talking about my man Fuzzy Slippers says that that like. Like, Frankie G is no good. He's not a good person. He's bad. Like, all these things. And Gerald, uh, Arnold responds with, you don't know what it's like. You've always had a brother to go home to. Uh, hmm. I've never had a brother before. And so my thought is, like, is he talking about Jamie O or is he talking about Fuzzy Slippers? Are Jamie O and Fuzzy know. Slippers the same thing? Uh, it's, it's Maybe Arnold himself doesn't know. It is. It leaves a question, and it's not the first time we've speculated on the possible identity of Fuzzy Slippers. I think last time, um, I thought it was maybe a cool Gerald uncle. mentioned. Uh, no, Gerald mentioned that that's where, where Fuzzy Slippers gets all his headgear at the the Wooly Bully or whatever it's called, and we speculated that Fuzzy Slippers might just be Gerald. That might just be like the mouthpiece he uses to make his own ideas seem credible, yeah. uh, which is not a bad idea, honestly. But, yeah, I don't think there is an answer to Fuzzy Slippers. I don't think we're meant to know. Yep, I think. Oh, uh, Arnold tells Gerald that he's a bold kid uh, at the end of the episode, which I thought was hey, really nice. Hey, that's my line. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty good. Well, what's the next episode, Donnie? Uh, let me look, because I have no idea, because we're not going by Hulu order anymore. Uh, Gerald yeah. 
episode. Thank you, Redditor, who pointed out that we were going in the wrong order. You've made our lives much more complicated. Yeah, I literally only posted two episodes of this and then stopped. I should start posting it to Reddit again. Das Subway and Weez and Ed. Well, all right. So next time, go ahead and watch uh, Das Subway and Weez and Ed, and we will catch you next time. But, Phony, I'm going to spring a surprise segment on you here. Mm-hmm. So... Listeners of our of uh, my other review program, The Final Problem, know that every episode we pick out a character who stands out to us or that we think is notable or particularly entertaining, uh, and we give that character a Huxtable Award. Uh, and each of us get one. And, Thony, I wanted to know if you wanted to start this tradition and see if there's anyone you thought deserved special mention in these episodes. And I've got one, and I'll tell you who. What is a Huxtable? Uh, at the beginning... Uh, it refers to Thornycroft Huxtable, who is a character in a Sherlock Holmes stories that sounds like I made him up, but I didn't, I promise. And he's just, he's a really good-hearted character, uh, that we really enjoyed a lot. So we started giving out an award in his name. But in, uh, in Cool Jerk, when Frankie G first shows up on his sweet bike and he, and he, he physically threatens a small boy. <laughs> And saves Arnold's life. Uh, one of the kids off to the side, I can't tell if it's Sid exactly. I think it might be an early appearance of Lorenzo. But one of them just says, wow, this is unprecedented. And that made me really happy because it plays into like this, this idea that, that the schoolyard has a mythology, right? Like that there's a story. Cause we've seen that before. Gerald is the keeper of the lore. Sid is the herald and all that. So just like, well, there's no precedent for this by golly. So whoever that was, that kid gets my Huxtable. Was there any character that stood out to you in either of these, you know, these episode segments that just like you saw in the background or, or that just doing something silly or that no, made you happy? I didn't know this was happening because I didn't pay attention to that. Fair enough i just remembered it right now okay so next time we'll uh, have we, need to, we need to have a better it can't be the huxtable because we don't deal with sherlock holmes in this podcast you got to think of something else. fair enough um well it can't be the monkey man episode because we're not we can't, we can't be the monkey man award because we're not gonna we're not gonna memorialize andy dick um let's I see fucking love monkey man though i don't care that andy dick is a gross person like like monkey man is probably and it has to be monkey man it has to be monkey man because he okay. is the he is the background character of this show he existed in wrong. episode one and yeah. and okay the more i say it all right it is it's the monkey man award so yeah. whoever that was that kid who said this is unprecedented it's mine for today and next week we'll have Monkey Man Awards prepared. Yeah. Uh, thank you for listening to this episode, guys. Uh, we really appreciate for you, you to listen to us. Uh, it's been a while since we released an episode, so we're, we're bad to be, we're glad to be back here, uh, talking about bad uh, to be a show glad. that we both very, very love to talk about. Um, if you like this podcast, please subscribe to our podcast network. We have a bunch of other podcasts. Uh, that's a lie. This is the only podcast that is probably going to be released in the next few months. Uh, look. What's going on with everything else in our network, Casey? Look, okay, see, here's the thing. Podcasting is fun, but that doesn't mean it's not work. And that it doesn't take a tremendous amount of creative and social energy and also time. And a lot of us have jobs and a lot of us are in school. And uh, it's, it's really difficult 
right now to find the energy to do projects of any kind. Yeah. Because uh, a lot of us are just kind of in survival and self-protection mode. Yeah. So we're going to try and keep making everything we can for you, but we make no promises. Okay, so if you like our podcast, you can listen to our other podcast, which the episodes exist. There may be no new episodes coming out in a while, but uh, you can always go back and listen to our vast catalog. Uh, you can listen to Dyson Virtue yeah. and DD 5e podcast with Casey, Dylan, and Christina. You can listen to uh, The Final Pablo, a Sherlock Holmes study podcast with Casey and Nicholas. You can listen to Squirrel Scouts of America, an unbeatable Squirrel Girl podcast with Casey, Andrew Orsi, yeah. and Liz Layton. Uh, you can listen to uh, Peculiar Objects, a yeah. uh, Kids on Bike Adventure with Casey... Uh, Nigel and I, and you can listen to, uh, Honest Dave's Discount Magic, a cyberpunk, uh, podcast with, uh, Casey, William, Nigel, Dylan, and I, uh, Dang. big cast, big, big cast. That's so much content, Thony. Yes. That's well over 200 episodes all told. Yep. Um, that's it, guys. That's uh, all. Available under the semi-auto magic. Uh, and you can also listen to semi-auto magic, our flagship podcast that you're uh, not obligated to. We uh, won't be mad. Uh, uh, starring, uh, Casey, Dylan, my ex-wife and I. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, guys, uh, that's it for this episode. Uh, if you guys would like, uh, please watch. What was the episode again? Uh, the Weezen Ed. Uh, das Subway, Weezen Ed. Das Subway and Weezen Ed, uh, for our next week, our podcast next week. Um, sounds reasonable. Um, as always, guys, uh, wash your hands, wear your mask, all cops are bad. And if you see a 20 something year old hanging out with a bunch of nine year olds, say something, do something. Yeah. There is no conceivable universe in which a 20-something-year-old that is not part of, like, maybe big brothers and sisters and or is related to them, that there's no universe where this person is actually up to anything No, good or savory. Ask him if he knows how many little dots are on the basketball. If he knows that, he's cool and maybe a wizard. And pass the ball to Tucker. Yeah. Bye, everybody. Bye. Stay football headed, everybody.